Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. The title of the series, we're teaching a seven-part series starting a new year. And the title of the series is Possible 2019 Turning Points. And we wanted to teach this because everybody wants to change in 2000, in the new year, whether it's 2019 or whether it was 2018 or whatever the situation is, we wanted, uh, we wanted to change. We want some new things happening. Want some answers to prayers that we didn't get answers to. Well, God wants us to get those answers. And so we wanted to bring series, a series on turning points because there are turning points in our lives. God gives us revelation in areas that helps us to overcome things. And I know that uh, one thing that uh, as an example, in my life, that when I uh, when I got the manner to lead uh, Cornerstone, uh, I had a very hard attitude towards uh, people. And you said, well, how can you lead people if you have a hard attitude towards people? Not towards people in general, it's just towards not being able to do what God has said we should be doing. In other words, if, if God says that we're supposed to be in the Word, well then, why aren't we in the Word? And I had a hard approach to that. And that was not healthy, of course, uh, because I didn't know some things that he gave me wisdom on and revelation on that was a turning point in my life. And that was that his grace is everything, his grace. And what he did to give me that turning point was he just supernaturally changed me. He changed my heart. He changed my thinking. I didn't ask to be changed because I didn't know I needed to be changed. But he changed me anyway. Because I was, he called me to lead the church, and so he knew I was not going to lead it properly if I didn't have the proper attitude and the, and the proper uh, compassion on people and the right understanding, really, of people. So uh, he supernaturally showed me grace, and he changed me. And all of a sudden, I, I had a compassion for people. I saw people differently, and I said, well, why have I ever had this kind of hard attitude? He showed me that the only reason that you can study, you can praise, you can do things is because I gave you grace to do it in the star wheel. And I, I didn't know that. I thought it was me. I thought it was my desire, my uh, zeal for the Lord that consumed me. And he told me, no, it, it's not your zeal that did anything. It's my grace that did it. That was a turning point in my life. 
So that's why I put it on my license plate. His grace. And on Minerva's, uh, she uh, decided to put grace to you. <laughs> because she wants everybody to have that grace. But we believe in grace. That was a turning point. That's what I mean is that we have to see God for what a turning point. And so, so we want to bring, uh, we have a teaching uh, staff of three, and we said, well, we want to bring this teaching on turning points. I, wanted, I thought about bringing on gang changes, but I, I, I decided that that's not the proper thing that, to get over what is God's heart today. Now, it's a, it's a real thing in people's life. We were in a grocery store, Minerva and I, and a teacher I saw that I hadn't seen in a long time asked her how she was doing and everything. And she says, not too well. My husband died. And I said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And she said, well, <clears throat> it really hurt me because we've been married so long, and he did so many good things in Lynchburg. He was always doing good things, good deeds. And I don't understand why God decided to allow him to die and not some of these other people who do bad things. And I'm sure you understand how she was feeling. And, and I, I had an opportunity to share with her that because of Adam's sin, sin is in the world. And it's not God who is doing bad things. It's Satan that is the God of this world and, and for this season. And he knows his time is short. He's trying to do everything he can to dishonor God. And he causes things. And so... Don't think it's God who did anything. Uh, she said, well, God could have prevented it. Uh, yes, he could prevent anything he wants to prevent. But the key thing is that you've got to trust him. That he has a purpose. So the title of the message today is all things work together for good. And what I want us to do today is come away with three things. Number one is I want us to, rem- to memorize one scripture, one verse. I want us to not only do that, but I want you to know an answer to one question. And then I want you to be convinced of one thing. Okay, so there's three things. Memorize one scripture, be able to answer one question, and to be able to uh, be convinced of one thing. Okay, let's jump into the first one, the scripture memorization. Let's turn to Romans 8, 28. This is a scripture I want you to memorize. It's part of a scripture, really. And this is An inspiration, I believe, 
it is to me, and I hope it will be to you, is that all is that all things work together for good for those who love God, who call according to his purpose. And so it starts off, and we know. We know. I want to know. And I believe all of us know this scripture. We know it is true. The part I want you to remember is that God causes. God causes. It's not that circumstances cause us, all things work together for good. It's not that your job causes everything to work together for good. It's God causes. We, nobody can cause everything to work together for good unless it's God. He's the only one. He's the only one that controls all of eternity. He can turn the hearts of kings just like he turns the river of water. So just because something's not going well now doesn't mean it won't go well. So we have to know this, that God causes all things, not some things, not a few things, all things. Because, see, we are, we are his. We're his. He's talking to the church. And, and, and I know, just like he says, and I, and I know you know, that God causes all things to work together for good. So but how I like to put it is in four, four things that, number one, God causes. I want to, I want to remember that God causes. And then the second thing is that he calls us what? All things to work together for good. So I say, well, God, how can I memorize this thing? Because I want it to be a turning point in my life. I don't want it to be just head knowledge. Because head knowledge lasts only as far as things are going pretty good. But when things start going bad, that's when it has to be that you really believe it, that you really know. So he said, break it down. So I said, well, how do I break this thing down? Uh, so he said, break it down in three, in the four, four things. That God causes, that's number one, all things. Number two, to work together for good. And number four, to those who love God. And you said that you left out another part. No, I didn't leave it out. Uh, I purposely left it out. Because this is what it gave me. All things work together for good for those who love God. But it's God who calls it. Now, how can we really... Memorize that because when we finish today, uh, I had to give you a test. And <laughs> God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God. 
And it's important to remember that those who love God, because if we left it all things work together for good, well, that's not true. That's partial truth. He says all things work together for good for those who love God. So that means that I have to uh, do my part, and I have to yield to the Holy Spirit working in me and working out of me things that is not in his love because I'm supposed to love him. And he wants me to love others just like he loves me. So I have to find out then, okay, I need to love you, God. How do I love you? And he, of course, told us all how to love him. He said, if you love me, finish it for me. Okay, keep my commandments. Obey him, in other words. Keep my commandments. So that's what my job is to do, is keep his commandments. And that's a full-time job keeping his commandments. It really is. There's <laughs> only two that have to remember. Remember, there's only two. That's the hardest thing in the world to do. Those two. But, but I know I can't do it. But I know the Holy Spirit can do it through me. So I have to keep yielding. I have to keep yielding. I have to get him to get the stuff out of me. So that's our work. So the first point is that I wanted you to do is memorize the scripture. And it doesn't have to be in order and all those things. It can be all kind of ways as long as you remember that it's God who calls us. What does he call? All things. To do what? Work together for good. For who? Those who love God. I have to know that. You have to know that. And I think if, if, if we know that, when things happen to us, like happened to the lady at the grocery store where she was telling me to happen to her, uh, she still would know that God is going to turn this thing into good some way. No matter how much she's hurting, no matter how much she miss her husband, Still, he was going to turn it for her good. He's going to work it. I don't know how God works together things uh, because uh, it's not a cake that you had to mix everything together and blend it all up. It's not one of those things. I don't know what he does to work it together, but he maneuvers things to work it together for our good. Let's go to the second point. Now, now, do we have that scripture memorized? Okay, let's go down to, we're going to stay in Romans 8. Let's go down to verse 31. Now, while we're at verse 31, before we jump into that one, since you're not looking at it anymore, let's go at it again. We're supposed to memorize the scripture says what? Okay. God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God. And we know the scripture started out, we know, but that's, that's for our sake. You're supposed to know that. I'm supposed to know that. 
I know. Okay, number two. Number two is that I want you to be able to answer a question. Let's, let's read verse 31 32. What then shall we say to these things? The things that were above. That's the things he's talking about. If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Now that is powerful, powerful verses. Powerful verses. Now, the question that we want to answer is, if God is for us, who is against us? In Greek, it reads, it, it leaves out is, it leaves out is in the other part. It says basically, if God for us, who Against us. So the uh, people who were uh, putting the scriptures together, they have to then decide, okay, now, uh, what would make this read correctly or read right? Because you just can't say, God for us, who against us. So they put in is, in both cases, in the New American Standard. In the... Uh, amplified, it says, if God is for us, who can be successful against us? And I like that. Because we know that the enemy, Satan, our adversary, is against us. He's against all of Christians. And we know he uses people he used anybody that will allow themselves to be used that will be against us. He'll use your boss. He'll use your co-worker. He'll use uh, family members. He'll use uh, anybody. He'll use, he'll use whoever will yield themselves to be used, even us as Christians. He'll use us against each other. That's what he wants to try to do, divide and conquer. That's what he always wants to do. And It gives me pleasure to know when I read something, I can now answer this question. If God is for us, who can be successful against us? And, of course, the answer is nobody, no one, no one. That's a no one because God is God. So no one. I don't care who tries to come against you. It really, in the scheme of things, in the end, we're supposed to look at it as this is an old movie. I've seen it a thousand, I've seen it so many times. Uh, it's a wonderful life. 
Have y'all seen that one? Okay. It comes on at Christmas. Oh, screws. It might have different versions of it, but it's still screws. And you say, well, you know the outcome of it. You don't have to wonder about it. And we know the outcome of anything that the enemy tries to do against us. We know the outcome. Is that whatever this is, it's not going to be successful. Whoever it is, he's not going to be successful. And so uh, a classic example that I hope it ministers to some, some people is that when they were, when I was teaching and coaching, uh, I did something that they didn't particularly like. The superintendent and everything, it wasn't, well, I really won't get into that, but uh, anyway, it was. Uh, I wasn't supposed to do it, but he asked me not to do it, and I did it anyway. Uh, but it was in my uh, job description to do it. And so, uh, but anyway, I did it, and I shouldn't have done it. If I know now, I, I shouldn't have done it. But regardless, I did it. And he was upset with me. So years later, he decided, he didn't forget it. He decided that uh, once he was leaving, he decided to take care of this situation that I made him mad at, so he fired me from coaching. And I didn't understand why he would fire me from coaching. We just won, won the regular season championship. We were going to the regional, and I got fired. And not only that, they sent me into exile in elementary school. <laughs> now I said, oh, my God. And see, what they meant for harm, God calls us, how many things? All things to work together for good for those who love God. So I was crying because that was what I wanted to do to be one of the uh, greatest Christian coaches, basketball coaches, in Virginia. And I was crying because um, they took that job from me, and I knew I wasn't going to be able to get a job in Lynchburg again. And Minerva had to help me uh, saying, you got to get yourself together. <laughs> it's not the end of the world, you know. <laughs> but, see, I didn't know this scripture. And it, even if somebody told me the scripture, well, let's put it this way. I knew the scripture because I was a Christian. I knew the scripture because I was an elder, <laughs> uh, and I studied the scripture all the time. I had homegrown, I taught, I knew the scripture. It's about uh, 25 years ago or so, 26, 27 years ago. But regardless, I knew I've gone over the scripture. But you, you, can, you can read something, but it, it's not revelation to you. And so 
I didn't know that I didn't know. I didn't know. And so I knew after a while that the only way that he was going to get me to where he wanted me to be was to allow this to happen, even though he could have stopped it. But even though they did it for harm, that happened to Joseph, right? And so even though they meant it for harm, God worked it for my good. They hoping to exile me and I will quit is like throwing a rabbit into a brow patch. You know, please don't throw me in a brow patch. But see, that turned out to be the greatest job I ever had, teaching elementary school. And teaching six, seven-year-olds, eight, nine-year-olds, and I had some five-year-olds and, and, and you know, preschool and stuff like that. I tell you, that was the best teaching job of my career because they were so elated to see me every day because I had all the play equipment with me. <laughs> they loved to play. And every time they get off the bus and they'll see me uh, coming to the school, the parents drop off. It, it's, do we have do, do we have P? Do we have you today? I said, no, you just had me. You know, yesterday you can't have me every day. You know, oh yeah. Can you come get me the, uh, so so you guys can help you take the equipment out? You know, oh they just love to play. You know, they just love to play. And and so all I had to do was tell them say, hey. If you don't do what I tell you to do, I'm going to sit you out. You, you won't play. Please don't sit my little store crying. I sit them out. In, in high school, they don't care. <laughs> they don't care about you. They care about owning what they want to do. So I tell you, I, but I didn't know that I wouldn't be here in this position if it weren't for all that had happened back then. So you don't know what God is doing, so you just got to trust him that all things, right, who calls it? God causes all things to work together for good for those who love him. And so the answer to the question, if God is for us, who can successfully be against us? Nobody. Nobody. They can meant to exile you. They can meant to, to try to get you fired. They can meant to do all they want to do. One minute they love you, next minute they want to fight. It's just like Jesus. One minute they're Hosanna, Hosanna, and the next minute they're crucify him, crucify him. You know, it's just people, and that's why that's why that's why Jesus said, "I don't turn myself over to men because I know what's in man." And we have to know that if things are, you don't have prayers answered yet, 
Just know that if he who did not spare his own son but deliver him over for us, how would he not also with him freely give us all things? So what things that you don't have yet, the answer to prayer, he's not, he's not trying to be so hard. Don't look at it as, as, oh, man, you know, this hasn't happened yet. I've been praying for this. I've been praying for this, and it hasn't happened yet. Don't worry about it not happening yet. Just keep seeking God. Just keep glorifying him. Just keep praising him. Just know that the answer is on his way because he's not going to withhold any good thing from those who love him. That's number two. The last thing is, let's look at verse 38. In Romans 8. It says that, for I am, a, I am convinced. This is the Apostle Paul. I am convinced, he says. And, and see, I want us to be convinced. I want us to be convinced. I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor, thing, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I said, wow. Now, Paul, the apostle Paul, is convinced of this. He's convinced of this. Paul is the one who was stoned to death, and they drug him out of the city. And, 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 and men got around him. He raised up, and then he went back into the city. This is the apostle Paul that, that was, you know, he, he's went through so many things, shipwreck, uh, he, so many things. He said, I'm convinced that nothing is going to be to separate us from the love of God. So that's what I want us to be convinced of. He said, memorize one scripture. What's that scripture? God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God. We want us to say we wanted to answer one question. If God is for us, who can be successful against us? The answer is nobody. And the third one I want us to be convinced with, convinced of, is that nothing will be able to separate us from the love of our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father loves us. I don't care what happens. He loves you. He loves you. And you say, well, but the devil said that he, he doesn't love me because that's why he hasn't answered my prayer. Because I haven't read enough. I looked at too much sports on TV. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Huh. Come on. If I'd known I was going to have sex in my brain, I wouldn't have watched much basketball. Too late. I didn't know. But it doesn't matter, does it? Because I wasn't in sin, and, and 
And my heavenly Father loves me. He loves me. Nothing going to be to separate that. Nothing. And so I want us to know that. So don't let the enemy, don't let people, don't let anybody tell you that the reason this has happened because God doesn't love you. The reason it hasn't happened yet, yet because God doesn't love you enough. You need to do more. You need to do more. You need to do more because God will love you more if you do more. He's not a man like some people grew up in a, in a family sometimes. You, you have to keep proving yourself, proving yourself, proving yourself for the love of your parents or something. It's not like that for, for our Heavenly Father. He loves us. He loves us. I don't care if we went to prison. I don't care where we went. I don't care what we've done. I don't care how far we've fallen. Your Father loves you. He loves you. And he loves me. And that's the encouragement that I wanted for us today. Those three things. So what's the, what's the first one? Memorization. God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God. And the answer to the question, who, if God's for us, who can be successful against us? Nobody. We are convinced that nothing will be to separate us from the love. Of the Father. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.